0: One, two, three, four. Gonna have a real good time together We're gonna have a real good time together We're gonna laugh the child together Have a real good time together
1: Na
2: Well, hello. It's Jokerman Podcast again, and I'm Evan. I'm Ian. And today, we are joined by the ever-ready, the always-watching, always-vigilant Jack Corbett, who you might know from the NPR Planet Money TikTok, Uh, being online in other capacities. You have a Twitter. Uh, I think that's where we made our acquaintance. Yeah. You follow Jokerman Twitter.
3: Follow the Jokerman on Instagram, follow him on Twitter. You guys are everywhere. Spotify. The Town Square.
2: Yeah. But I, I knew of your work just from online. And uh, so I, I was uh, excited to see that you uh, followed Jokerman's uh, Twitter account. And then we were talking about the possibility of you coming on the show. And you said you wanted to talk about this album, Magic and Loss.
3: Yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a beautiful history with this album. Um, yeah, I think when I first followed you guys I thought you were just like a meme page or something. I think I followed you on Instagram primarily f- for your the photos. I'm like These the, are so rare. The, These the are some rare There's some rare photos of Lou Reed and John Keel. It's like I thought I had seen all of them. Um but no, they have fun
4: outfits, all kinds of stuff.
2: <laughs> we pride ourselves on trying to find rare Bobbies,
4: rare Lou's Rare John, many more rare Bobs than uh, than Lou's and Johns. It, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta be a little little picky with uh, with the Bob material because there's so much of it. But uh, whenever you get some good Lou and John stuff, you know, you're just uh, you're in business. And I mean, Lou is looking great on the cover of uh, Magic and Loss. You know. If we, Wanted to just talk about that right away. He's got uh, he's got the all black and the sunglasses, and then yes, the the legend. We're we're in prime era of mullet, Lou Reed, just an iconic, powerful hairstyle.
3: Yeah, the hand across the chest. It's like so like like um like David Bowie esque. It's like. It's so gestural. This guy, this guy, this guy's seen it all.
4: <laughs> he's embodying a presence there. You know, he just, uh, it's, it's very dramatic. You know, it's, it's got kind of a pose. Got it, he's like, you know, looking almost kind of theatrical.
2: He does uh, have some of that, uh, the bells going on that, that black
4: and white plus a pose. approach. Mm, yeah, I see that. But there's, there's an important difference from the bells. There's also red. Lou Reed, Magic and Loss. The title, the the letters are this blood red, uh, uh, you know, very visceral kind of color. So he's uh, he's black and white and red all over, you know. That's, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, There's also
2: these glyphs on all around it, and mm-hmm. um, that is the magic part. Uh, I'm to assume. Also, can't look at this and not talk about the crazy way that it looks because it has this, I mean, you, you, am I wrong that you studied experimental film, Jack?
3: That's correct. Absolutely. Can you tell me
2: anything about what's, what we're seeing here? It looks like some kind of, um, processed film technique or, or like the, the, the
3: ink spots sort of yeah, stuff going on.
2: I can't tell if that's something done to the actual, like in the photography process or in post. It's very odd.
3: Yeah, no, I, we, 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 we um, I think we only had a few digital cameras at Ohio State University Experimental Film Department. We didn't. We never made the jump to actually studying the real celluloid. So I can't answer that question, but it does <laughs> like you know it's like it, it's very much like um, Rorschach test esque. Yes, like not not perfectly not perfectly symmetrical. Um, sunglasses on, of course. Sunglasses yeah. on.
4: Well, what uh, you mentioned a moment ago, Jack, that you have a. a, a intriguing uh history with magic and loss can you enlighten the folks out there as to what that history is
3: yeah what 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 my my qualifications be besides economics it's um (laughs) uh i had i had a car that's like entirely rusty now um a 1990 bmw which i had when i first moved to dc and new york and no power steering no ac no anything really And, um, but it did have a CD player, but it did not have the button that made the CD pop out. And so the first one that I put in there, Lou Reed, magic and loss (laughs) never let it's still in there. It's in the garage in Ohio. It is, (laughs) is locked in there forever. Um, and so every single morning when I would in New York dodge the street sweeper, um, and I had like an hour to kill, I would just like more often than not just play that because there's nothing else to listen to. Jesus. And yeah, it's like the entire time like also I was like watching my um the, the the my oil temperature just like creep up because rats had chewed through the um the the, the coolant lines um <laughs> and so I just had to keep on turning the car off and then on just to kind of stay and all the while magic and loss stuck
4: Locked in. It sounds like a sort of nightmarish, uh, you know, like uh, a waking, waking hell type experience there between uh, this album playing and dodging the street sweeper and the car seemingly on the verge of exploding.
3: Yeah, and also this was like the prime pandemic times, like the the time when everyone was like, you can't go outside, you're going to get like hit with a pandemic. Sure, right. You're going to catch um, the
2: pandemic, yeah. Yeah. But this is a, uh, an album that I think maybe is a perfect pairing for stressful times uh, or dodging a street sweeper times or like being really hot in a car times because it's about suffering in a major way. Um, This is a record that I think is about exactly what it says. I mean, on the back here, between two Aprils, I lost two friends. Between two Aprils, magic and loss. What's your history just with Lou Reed and like when you first heard this, what was the last records by him you were into before?
3: My dad is like probably like the biggest songs songs for Jella fan in the world. Wow. And so I had just gotten him like the cassette tape for his birthday. Um, and then I was like just like looking like, because I had, I, had, I had gone through like the whole like the whole velvets discography like a million times over ever since like I first like found out about them when I was like 15 and I never really kind of went too much on beyond, um, until I, you know, I hit the songs for Joe and I like, I went through and I like listened, um, with my dad and, and I was like, wait, okay. It's like, I, I'm not sure why I was like writing any of this off. Like this is like, this is so killer. Um, and yeah, I just temporarily the next thing, magic and loss, so I, I grabbed the CD, and then with the CD was my first my first experience with it. It was just a, a blind buy. Sure.
2: If you're into f- Songs for Drella, you're like already in the deep end. Yeah.
4: It's easy mode after after you get over that, and certainly Magic and Loss, which makes, you know, I think that's an easy jump or, you know, as easy as it's going to get from, from Songs for Drella, because I think that this album really, I mean, we think of like uh, music in terms of trilogies, at least as it relates to like Bob Dylan. Um, and maybe less so with with Lou, you know, it doesn't sort that easily. But I really do feel like like New York to Drella to Magic and Loss, that eighty nine to ninety two span there. This really feels like kind of the concluding uh, part of this like three album arc that's fascinated with. Um, you know, art with a capital A, uh, really kind of difficult, um, um, stark, bold, and brave music making that is overwhelmingly focused on like the you know the the black pits, like the serious shit in life. And what what a what a great way to open the, the album than
3: uh, such a bleak album starting with mayonnaise soda. Uh, <laughs> yeah. on, I think the first line.
2: Well, that's the, there's actually one thing before that, which if we want to just talk about the record now, let's do it. Um, because you start with Dorita. Not not
4: Dorito. Dorito, Dorito, (laughs) the chip. No, it's
2: Dorita the spirit. You know,
4: do we know why it's Dorita? I, I... I'm just piecing together. I know
3: um, supposedly one of the one of the people who Lou Reed lost
4: was named Rita. Rita, but I I do not know the, if this is that's some kind of you're you're half you're halfway there right there. The other person uh, that uh, I- I enforced or uh, um, drove a lot of what was going on on Magic and Loss was the other person that Lou Reed lost during this time. Oh, Doc Doc Pomus. exactly. Wait, so
2: is this a this is like a drello? Like he's made it's a, it into a, it's a
4: portmanteau, yeah, exactly. It's wow. Doc, it's Doc Bomas and Rotten Rita, so Doe I mean, Rita. <laughs> that's
2: that's wild. I really just thought it was like some arcane spirit, like an actual some kind of like magic practitioner word it
4: has some sort of relation to a greek word as well i think um but uh but the the doc and rita uh, portmanteau uh well it came first and then went once he found a way to to hook it up to whatever that greek word is as well that that's what he decided on that's amazing <laughs>
3: Now, is it, is it for sure about Rotten Rita? Because I was just in the forums going down some very angry, vitriolic messages to each other. Um, and I guess Rotten Rita didn't die until 2011. And then there was only an alleged death by the time this album was out. Really? And so people were speculating that perhaps that this was about, about Rachel. Rachel instead. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that has that's something I've seen people speculate as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it very well could be the case. I think that people could get hung up on that. You said it was vitriolic in the forums. Oh,
4: absolutely. <laughs> As all good forums are.
2: Before anybody loses their head over it, I, I think that the most important thing is that it's about somebody who means a great deal to Lou Reed. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter, I think, who it is in the specifics. Although that is obviously, like, I'm not made of stone. That would be fascinating to know about and, like, is red meat for uh, uh, people like us. But the one that we do know for sure, his relationship with Doc Palmas, is, uh, that's indisputable.
4: Who is Doc Palmas, Evan?
2: Well, Doc Palmas is a legendary songwriter. Uh, He wrote, God, like... uh, This magic moment, for example. This magic moment, so
1: different and so new. Was
0: like Yeah,
4: I mean, songwriter behind uh, many great uh, classics in like '50s, '60s, like early '60s kind of thing. Like this magic moment, like you mentioned, which Lou did a great cover of, appeared in Lost Highway, I think, as we've discussed before. And then it
1: happened. It
0: took
4: uh save the last dance but
0: don't forget who's taking you home and
2: in whose arms you're gonna be so darling save the last dance for
4: me viva las vegas viva las vegas, viva las vegas. Viva las vegas. Viva. doc was a big bold man uh, but he had suffered polio as a uh as a young lad and so he was later confined just to a wheelchair Um, and, and was in that wheelchair, like when he wrote, "Save the last dance for me. So that was a very, uh, you know, kind of striking lyric to impart at that time. He's also a man that, uh, Bob Dylan fans might be familiar with, uh, via the philosophy of modern song, which just last year came out and was dedicated not only to the brave men and women of fucking Dunkin' Donuts or whatever he said, uh, but Doc Pomus uh, himself as well. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I just love the, uh, appreciation for this man and his craft that both Bob and Lou showed, uh, you know, at different points in their time, unknown if Bob ever had a relationship with him, but Lou straight up just like hung with him, like played cards with him, was at his place and, uh, you know, uh, knew the man intimately.
2: Yeah. So after this incredibly soaring guitar solo, which feels and I think is meant to feel like like an incantation, you, you do get the first song proper, which is What's Good, The Thesis. It's worth noting all of the songs have a parenthetical title, and What's Good, The Thesis, is um, a great way to start after this very portentous uh, opening. As you said, its the first line is, Life's Like Mayonnaise Soda.
0: Life's like me and a soda. And life's like a space without room. And life's like bacon and ice cream. That's what life's like without you. Life's like forever becoming butter. Life's forever dealing in hurt. Now life's like death without living.
4: That's what life's like without you. You know what else is a mayonnaise soda? Egg cream. That, that's what a mayonnaise soda is. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise is made of eggs. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I guarantee you this guy who's about to open the next record with a song called Egg Cream is not, not realizing that a mayonnaise soda is an egg what cream. What are you talking um, about?
2: No, no. He's saying that it's, uh, life is, it's a gross thing. He's saying if, it would be the opposite of an egg cream. He's saying it's bad. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, that that
3: would suggest that he loved bacon
4: and ice cream together. Right. Well, that's the that's the irony is that a, an egg cream is a mayonnaise soda, it's but that's a, a good it's thing. It's not
2: literally mayonnaise soda. It's there's no eggs in an egg
4: cream. I don't I don't think that. Then why is it called an egg cream? Anyway, moving Anyways. on. <laughs> I
1: want egg cream.
4: But I think that that uh, bit about
2: the bacon and ice cream in this song says so much about Lou Reed because like today, like so many people. With, who own like Funko Pops would, would listen to that and be like, bacon, ice cream? Yes, please. But <laughs> this is from a time when Lou Reed, a man, a, a man who lived in a different era, he would just be like, that's not good. You know, those things, they don't go together.
3: You're suggesting that Lou Reed would not be a Redditor?
2: Maybe he would because he loved um, the new The new technologies.
4: Yeah, he did like uh, uh, being on the cutting edge. Although I I think that he would have found better things to do on the computer than uh, uh, being. He he might have been on like the Tai Chi Reddit. I could see that, but hopefully that would be like a very chill and not vitriolic type place. Um, I love the just the lyric on this song is is really fantastic. Uh, I mean, there's so many great lines. What good is seeing eye chocolate? What good's a computerized nose? what good was cancer in April, why no good, no good at all? And then, like, ultimately getting to this, like, what good's a disease that won't kill you, you know, kind of line. It's a great way to open this record that's going to reckon with a terrible, terrifying end-of-life experience like this and looking at it straight in the eye and, you know, kind of acknowledging that that is the inherent quality of something like that, right? Like, that's why cancer exists, is, is to kill you. If it didn't kill you, it, it you wouldn't know, what be, good yeah. is it? It, <laughs> it wouldn't exist, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah um you know, it's a really it's a really uh clever and deep um uh, a three-dimensional approach to things um well it says something uh,
2: about s- uh, making sense i think that's kind of what this song and what a big theme in the record is is that life doesn't make sense or the situations we find ourselves in it's random um it's merciless and brutal and has no uh at least not in a way we can understand any kind of method um, to it. We're just victims to chance and accident. And so the the way that he's playing around with like mayonnaise soda and, and, and bacon and ice cream and what good's a disease that won't hurt you, no good, I guess, no good at all. It sort of is this great um, bigger than it seems rumination on uh, things little and and huge that just... Don't really fit together, um, or or do like death and disease, like those. Like it or not, that does make a kind of sense.
4: More than making an ice cream, yeah. I get I get almost sort of like dignity kind of energy from this song,
2: the Bob Dylan song "Dignity."
4: Yes, (laughs) Uh, uh, which came out around the same time was written around the same time, and and like is like super obvious and like evident and like so clear when you hear it and read the words on the page it's like duh like this is this is like child's play like well you know what is he even saying here why is he even bothering to to like say it it's so obvious and yet when you really think about it it's like you know there's actually a lot going on (laughs) beneath the surface here yeah and the way that he puts it across uh is just so well done that it seems that natural and straightforward to us but it a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes to make this this clear and understandable.
2: The, I mean, the main thing I think about when I think about this song is the attitude it has. It has this kind of aw shucks feeling to it that um, is also the strength uh, of Lou Reed that you see again and again through this record, continuing on through difficulty and um, what feels really casual. Is the bravest stuff on this record. What's good, what's good? Not much at all. What's good, what's good? What's good,
0: life's good. Life's good, life's good. good. What's good, life's good, but not fair at all.
3: Sure. yeah I think especially this this line about Sanskrit red red to a pony, it almost feels like that's that's what this whole song is in that like we are the pony. I mean like it's it's just like like pulling all of these paradoxes, yet trying to make sense out of like yet yeah, nothing at all. The pony is never going to understand Sanskrit.
2: I feel that way often. Your business on TikTok is explaining things to people that are very complicated and having to do with economics. Maybe you would have some luck if you made a fun TikTok video, you could explain Sanskrit to uh, to a pony. You're, you could get the ball rolling. I think,
4: yeah, I think that's
3: that's how I would start, is I would have ice cream and bacon.
4: Should also be noted, uh, probably the catchiest song on the record. There, there are a couple of others. This is the single from the record. Um, and this is also the follow-up to New York, which was a relative, like, not only obviously a big... Critical success, but uh, also, as far as Lou Reed's singles in the 80s, 90s go, Dirty Boulevard was pretty huge. Uh, And this record, Sire is labeled this time, uh, was not very happy with because it did not sound nearly as catchy as um, New York and did not have a uh, sweet and sexy and sellable kind of conceit. Um, death by cancer is not quite as romantic as Lou Reed singing about New York.
2: The, the record was not originally to be about that. It was more focused on the magic side of things, from what I understand. And then these deaths um, between two Aprils, he says, uh, those really just shifted his attention. And it became this, um, I think, a better, or uh, I mean, a very rich for, for its like duality record. I mean, I'm sure his sure. straight-up magic album would have been great, too. But uh, <laughs> this, uh, I think, led him to... And it, apparently, one of his most successful in-his-own-eyes records, he really felt that this was a, an accomplished vision um, by the end of it. Power and the glory. glory. The Situation. Saw so a man hang from a cliff by the tips of his
0: toes. Jungles of the I saw so a man put a red hot needle through his eye, turn into a crow and fly through the trees, swallow hot coals and breathe out flames. And I wanted this to happen.
2: situation parenthetical how, how often did you just get to a certain song in this um, while you were in that car and then and then leave like what's how, where did you usually get to jack did you always listen to the whole thing
3: it was like an entire hour it's like I would kind of only knock it out like I was only yeah in the car for like kind of these long periods of just like waiting but i would I would probably hit like a song that was like especially poignant and then it would just like have to would have to stop and like deal with silence instead
2: great pairing pure silence and then also this album this song has supplementary vocals but the legendary little jimmy
1: scott oh oh nothing at all half a love your
0: heart never could yield to me, then I'd rather have nothing at all, oh, nothing
4: at all. Yeah.
3: I knew that. I'm not familiar with this, this artist's history, though.
2: He's one of Lou's favorite type guys. It's sort of like how on uh, Dirty Boulevard he has um, Dion. Dion, yeah.
4: yeah. This is maybe my favorite song on the record, to be honest, mostly because of, yeah, th- those backing vocals are fucking, like, wild to me. I love that. Like I- I've been just, like, walking around my apartment, like, muttering that to myself under my breath. Uh, so I'm sure my wife is very yeah. happy about that recently. Um but yeah, there's just, there's something really magical about this this interplay here. Uh, and this song comes back again at the end of the record as Power and Glory Part 2. Um, and it's a little more rockin' at that point. Um, and the Jimmy Scott vocals are not on that version. You know, it's shades of something like Forever Young. Uh, you know, the, the two versions of, two very different feelings of. Um, but yeah, just the, the way that... This is when I think really like late period Lou is starting to come to the forefront because he's so interested in just speaking direct. You know, you almost envision him looking just straight at the camera and like saying all this stuff because he isn't really concerned about rhyming things. Right. And he's barely even singing at this point that the singing, you know, the the, the interesting kind of hooky element is offloaded to to Jimmy Scott in this case. It's just a really straightforward, real song. The sound, you know, the drums are just dry and in your face. And then Lou is talking about fucking the power that destroyed Hiroshima was shrunk to a, the size of a nickel. To
2: help him regain his breath. Man, It's about the reality of dealing with cancer, getting treated for cancer. Like you said, he doesn't even seem to care about rhyming. You get the sense he's very much trying to explain the overwhelming... Uh, force of this uh situation the situation is what it's called right. um he also has allusions to allusions to magic i'm not making a pun there <laughs> i saw a man turn into a bird i saw a bird turn into a tiger i saw a man hang from a cliff by the tips of his toes in the jungles of the amazon you know that r- does not rhyme at at all um right. but uh that seems to be i guess he really did see some he saw some shit in in the amazon or in in his travels in the jungles of the um, amazon i wish i could ask him more about what he meant about some of this magic stuff but uh, it kind of suggests the the treatments for cancer and the the crazy science of it all is sort of a kind of magic
4: or like an like the like I think I saw a great man turn into a little child. The cancer reduced him to dust. His voice growing weak as he fought for his life with a bravery few men know. Isotopes int- introduced into his lungs. It's like uh, like that is just as uh, uh, like awesome. Yeah,
2: awe awe inspiring.
4: You know, awe inspiring exactly as a man turning into a bird, a bird tur- turning into a tiger. Like it's it's that like. Um, Transmogrification, uh, uh, it,
2: um, isn't that something that Dylan was talking about? That, yeah, I think so. That eccentric interview, I should say. A, a little bit of a fascination with alchemy here um, as well. And it made me think of Leda and the Swan and gold being made from lead. Um, so alchemy, magic, I think the definition of magic is pretty broad on this record. And this song introduces the actual like nitty gritty of directly cancer where that's just mentioned off offhand in the first song um, when you get to the end of this one it's pretty clear that that's what we're dealing with and the way to handle it is your, anyone's guess uh, and, and might not be like of this earth and it made me think of leader
0: and the swan Old gear. From lead, the same power that burned Hiroshima, causing three-legged babies and death, shrunk to
3: the size of a nickel to help him regain his breath. I think. I think. Also. Also. Yeah. With this, I. It's very clear, I guess, lyrically where he's going then with the piece. It's like it feels like all of this, anything like city related, anything like, you know, traditional of like the the traditional palette um, is just traded. It's like we're dealing with like, you know, oceans. We're dealing with seas, nature, birds, Amazon, fully like um, elemental. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like it's like those those kind of um, those 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 symbols, they, they can't, they can't get to these bigger kind of ideas that he wants to with us. Um, and yeah, lead it with the swan. I was, I was really chewing on that. I'd love to know what you guys think specifically with that story. If it's just, you know, this transmogrification, um, I know something about it, you know, the, 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 the lead in the swan, um, just that one act of violence then rolls and like magnifies into the Trojan war. Um, I was trying to piece that together.
2: This is the instance where where the swan Zeus in the form of a swan rapes Leda. Uh, That's right. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I think that maybe what he's referring to there is the is cancer um, sort of like a god like uh, force, not not a good one in this case, um, taking the form of something and sort of
4: ravaging a person. That uh, that all of it. Those all uh, he wanted, all of it, not some of it lines that Lou, you know, speaks and that uh, uh, Jimmy is saying also. Yeah. That, that to me, is always such a like striking statement because it's not cle- like that is a really broad and open, you know, kind of line to deliver. I think that, that you can take many different ways uh, in this case, and especially the way that Lou just speaks it. He just says, like, all of, all it. of it, you know, so dramatically and deadpan, um, and then you've got uh, behind him this really, you know, kind of beautiful uh, um, hokey version of it being sung. I don't know, th- those are... I couldn't tell if
2: it was a man or a woman for the longest time. I wasn't sure.
4: Yeah, he's, he had some sort of uh, syndrome or something that, that made his voice, like he, he was like a, um, yeah, he was uh, um, uh, like He was like Hasbola? What, what's it called when they... Um, Castrati. Uh, he's like a cast- uh, castrati, um, Sorry. but um, where your voice is just permanently kind of higher. higher or excuse me, higher. Um,
2: I think that that uh, that phrase, it seems to refer, I think, to Doc Palmas and his tenacity for life um, of this, the thing that keeps somebody fighting for their life, wanting to have it. And it could also be, Kind of talking about the disease and its insatiable hunger for a person uh, trying to take a person over. Jim. I
1: want I it.
4: That theme is continued on uh, the next song, Magician, uh, internally. Uh, we're getting to the fourth song on the record, third with vocals. So, you know, you get through the first two and it's like, oh, these are both about cancer and death. Maybe the next one says Magician. Maybe this will be kind of a fun one. Uh, and then you put this on, and then no, this one is also about cancer, yeah. Maybe, maybe the dreariest. Uh, so I think by this time, <laughs> you, it, it, if it's your first listen to Magic and Loss, by this point you should be you should be settling in and strapping yourself in for the long haul. Uh, <laughs> this is not it's well, not going to be get an easy rewarded listen.
2: Later on, I think. But if you're a record executive um, listening to this, uh, you know, as a test pressing, I imagine this is the point where you start like really sweating bullets because. This is, yeah <laughs> oh shit like, oh, here we fuck. go again like, this is like the slowest <laughs> most plodding deliberate song about your about bodily decay uh.
0: release me from this body from the smoke that moves beside me let me leave this body fall I'm sick of looking at me. I hate this painful body. That disease has slowly worn away.
2: That disease has worn away. (laughs) Uh. It says internally as the parenthetical title, which... I think really comes across. It feels like a, such a natural, um, subtitle for the, the rec, the, the song, because it does feel so private and, uh, personal. It like a, a, an actual prayer or wish, um, for some kind of magic is really the refrain. Um, the, the theme, I want some magic to keep me alive. I want a miracle. I don't want to die. Uh, it, it's the first time I think on the record you get a sense of what will come later, which is this very delicate side um, that he's exploring. If
3: Songs for Drill is like this, this extended eulogy, it's like this is almost like the funeral procession. It's like we have like this horn, which is just like devastating, that's just like slowly creeps in. Um, I think it's like a French horn or like some kind of low, low brass. And yeah, it, like you said, like almost not even a song. So it's just like creeps along. Um, yeah. For a fourth song. It's not, you know, this is not, <laughs> you're not like humming this one.
2: And the fact that this one's called Magician is interesting. It's, it's not a relig- It feels like a non-religious person praying. What language do you use when you feel like you need to pray and you, you're not really like going to pray to God? It, It gives a sense of, perhaps, the character. I don't know if Doc Pomus was religious or not, but maybe it suggests a sort of secular viewpoint.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to connect in my brain to this magic moment.
4: Oh, yeah, this magic moment. That makes sense, too, And that could well be uh, where Lou would have, I mean, I guess, I don't know. He must have heard this magic moment back when it, had come out right like back in the whenever that was 50s early
2: 60s i mean huge song for him um and his cover of it is amazing something i want to point out is that the lines float into the mist appear on this and on the raven on the song vanishing act which is probably the most poignant moment on that record it's like an incredibly quiet and then very big moving uh uh orchest- or- orchestral piece comes in like uh that same line is in both songs it seems to be making its first appearance mm. here but there's a really similar thing happening musically all over this record that i think comes up in um in the raven but there that is literally a line that r- will reappear later on
0: I'll close my eyes and disappear and float into the mist How nice it is to disappear Float into a mist With a young lady on your arm
1: Looking a kiss
2: float into the mist
4: Boy, i, I got to commend you for your bravery on this one jack for uh, uh, joining us for perhaps the yeah. least <laughs> riffable uh, album and episode that we are ever there's, going to there's have a lot, lot have. of heavy lifting
2: uh, <laughs> on,
4: on this one uh, we're not uh, we're not we're not on mistrial uh, just uh, you know talking about jerry Saltz trying to fuck his mom
2: well we, we we're, we're
4: we keep going. <laughs> uh, well, things are gonna get. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna turn this. You know, you got a frown on your face, listener, because uh, you just keep listening to these like like terribly depressing songs about cancer and death. Uh, we're gonna turn that frown upside down. Um, because now we're talking about the sword of Damocles, which is right above your head Uh, and radiation, which kills both bad and good. It cannot differentiate. So to cure you, they must kill you. The sword of Damocles hangs above your head. Externally.
3: I think, talk about catchy. This song, this song is my favorite (laughs) off the album. I honestly, it's like, the, the tune has been stuck in my head since like I made those drives many, many years ago. Um, and also, yeah, just the image of the sword of Damocles. It's like, I wasn't really familiar with the, um the myth beforehand but yeah just like by a sword by a horsehair hanging above um i think i even turned that into a tiktok about the national debt really <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and it just seems very much like the sword of Damocles it, <laughs> I mean, it, it was visually
2: represent, represented the sword hanging um, by a tiny thread uh, that yes uh, above
3: yeah above a, a white house press reporter asking questions to the the treasure <laughs> the yeah the treasurer.
2: Um, It's truly a (laughs) universal metaphor.
0: I see the sword of Damocles is right above your head. They're trying a new treatment. To get you out of bed But radiation kills both bad and good It cannot differentiate So to cure you that must kill you The sword of Damocles hangs above your head
2: could make the crazy leap that it's uh, not so different from another uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, concept uh, the yeah. uh, pit in the pendulum.
4: That's right, very much so.
2: There's some of that creeping in, I think. Um, but I agree, this is also maybe my favorite song on the record, or one of them. Uh, it's so strident and spirited. If you get a hint of that sort of the idea of battling for one's life On the previous songs, I feel like this song actually sounds like what that is, Uh, really front lines conflict with something actively ripping away at one's body. It really goes into that just with this very open and terrified, but very present lyricism.
4: And it's a very pretty song. Uh, you know, one of the the prettiest, I think, on the record, as far as you know, you can call anything on this album pretty. There's some like big like, rolling drums and like or, and, like almost kind of an orchestral feeling to it. Um, it's uh, it's almost goth, like almost kind of like Cure-ish in in certain regards. It sounds like the Killing Moon to me, like really specifically, which is uh, an echo in the Bunnyman song, um, like like melodically, um, but also kind of aping that like really big, you know, uh, widescreen dramatic feeling. It's really nice and a nice kind of moment of levity, where something that is so dark and serious and heavy still can kind of achieve lift off musically speaking.
2: It's expansive. It feels you know, it whereas it, which makes sense because the last one was internally, and here the. Uh, subtitles externally.
4: Yeah, exactly. We're we're kind of doing a rock song here.
2: Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was getting shades of of street hassle even with this. Um, yeah, the the mm. the, the,
2: the, the orchestration, the
3: synthesizer in the background. Yeah, this this like this. Um, it's like almost it almost runs runs it runs very similar. It's kind of um and the, yeah again we're talking about the streets. I guess we're back in the city. Um, yeah, last night on Thirty Third Street, I saw a kid get hit by a bus. Like. This song, this lyric just comes, and it's like, oh, my God.
2: Uh, well, he's talking about how that's not as bad as the, as, as the cancer, which is this yeah. uh, drawn-out torture, he says, over which part – what is the line? It's But this drawn-out torture over which part of you lives is very hard to take.
4: Yeah, it's better as the person who's dying to just die like that from a bus than it is to have this sort of Damocles of cancer hanging above your head for months and months.
3: And yeah, and even if even if like you know you are um, you know cured of cancer, it's like I know like that that hangs above like um, survivors' heads, Um, right? right. I know like if if it will come back, yeah.
2: It seems everything's done that must be done from over here. Though things don't seem fair, but there are things that we can't know. Maybe there's something over there, some other world that we don't know about. I know you hate that mystic shit. It's just another way of seeing the sword of Damocles above your head.
4: I love that line. I know you hate that mystic shit. (laughs) It seems everything's
0: done that must be done from over here, though things don't seem fair. But there are things that we can't know. Maybe there's something over there. Some other world that we don't know about. I know you hate that mystic shit. It's just another way of seeing The sword of Damocles above your head
2: I just can't I think we need to just like pause for a minute like this is not a normal rock music album and this is not something that is really explored I think by a a, like a household name rock artist Um, not not for a whole album not like this not I don't don't think it had been done as far as I know uh, up to this point. Then now there's uh, many albums that you could point to that have kind of a, a focus on similar things like this. I mean, I think about like the, assault, especially about the uh, Mount Erie record, mm, um, mm-hmm. The Crow Looked at Me, which is, you know, like inc- devastating album about grief and personal loss. And uh, I, I just, we got to hand it to Lou Reed for making the choice to do this album this way uh when it happened i mean it's it's not concerned with the money aspect of music this is not not. is the least economics based uh album of his career i think
4: (laughs) so you were the wrong guy to have on after all jack this is not about economics this is about i'm I'm trying to jack
2: is is uh he knows things about art that's why he can make economics uh talkable and he can make it understandable in a way that <laughs> does, doesn't make you want to um um, um well I, I wouldn't I'm not going to say anything like that on this episode. No um, no no <laughs> No I would I would say that you know
3: it's like that's that's certainly that's after you know three years of doing this it was certainly had no background in economics. How you felt in like bad
2: econ it. classes like you wanted to um, be you wanted the sort of Damocles to fall down. Well I,
3: actually I never took any econ classes. Wow
2: i something of a self-taught Flex.
3: I was, I got the job and then I listened to like, I read, read every single transcript from planet money all well like 1000. And then like, <laughs> now it's just like in my head. Cool. So
4: you're like a, like an AI model that you, you like, they just trained you on the, on all of the words that were spoken on planet money. Now you can just kind of recite them at, at the drop of a hat. Yeah, no, there's no, like no original thought in here, but like, yeah, it's like <laughs> I could, I could send you like links. <laughs> uh, well, sort of damn please. Great song. We're all on the same page there. Um, goodbye, mass. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're having fun. This <laughs> well, this is probably the Lou Reed is at a funeral. Most funer- I mean, it's yeah, literally just a funeral. <laughs> he's he's at a funeral. Uh,
3: now, is it like halftime of The Magician? Kind of like the same the same melody, just like very, like, slow. what
4: it sounds like to me, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, you you thought The Magician was going to be hard to get through. It's six and a half minutes of just, like, speak singing over a watery guitar line. Now we're going to do it again, and it's even slower.
2: But it makes perfect sense um, in the sequence, because you've got power and the glory, in the situation, which really is setting it up, um, the, the circumstances. Magician, just the actual thoughts and feelings of being inside that situation, and wishing it could change. Uh, Sort of Damocles, like this actual battle for one's life in uh, and against that. You know, in just the actual like uh, taking of chemo or, or radiation or whatever, and then goodbye mass is the inevitable failure in this case of that. Fight, uh, and you end up back in the that internal place that is referenced in the, in Magician, but this time it's Lou and his internal place at the funeral,
0: sitting on a hard chair. Try to sit straight Sitting on a hard chair This moment won't wait Listening to the speakers They're talking about you Look at all the people
1: All the people you. What
2: is the subtitle here?
4: In a Chapel Bodily Termination.
2: Sounds like a like a black metal album.
4: Right. Well, I mean, I think this record does kind of fit in with certainly a lot of the stuff that he's going to focus on thematically over, like, the... Because we're getting close to the end of Lou Reed's studio albums at this point. Like, there's only three four more five ish depending on how you want to like classify um Hudson River but uh these ideas of like bodies wasting away and decaying and like deformation and and like really like just like bloody visceral like end of life brutality like this is a a lyrical fascination and theme that he's going to really focus on and carry on through not so much at the twilight reeling but certainly ecstasy raven and obviously lulu there's some nice kind of Mac DeMarco-y sounding guitar towards the end of the song too.
2: <laughs> I, I have to go and see what you're talking about right now. So, um. uh,
4: just hit like uh, three ten on the timestamp. Okay.
2: You're right. (laughs) That
4: kind of like bright, like metallic kind of sound. Yeah, it does sound like him. Uh, Viceroy. Hit me with a flower. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Jesus Christ.
4: Um, We have
2: to, we got to laugh a little bit, right?
4: Yeah, you know. Thanks
2: for mentioning Mac DeMarco and uh, how that was sort of like that, because that was funny to me for a second, and I found (laughs) myself having a smile and a laugh.
4: This episode of Jokerman Podcast is brought to you by Factor Meals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Folks, it's fall. Bob Dylan is going back out on tour. You might be running around all across the country trying to catch each and every one of these shows, and Factor Meals can help you do just that. If you're too busy to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, Factor will help you skip extra trips to the grocery store and all the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. If you're looking for calorie-conscious options, try delicious dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with no more than 550 calories per serving. So this September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. So head to factormeals.com slash jokerman50 and use the code jokerman50 to get 50% off Again, that's code Jokerman50 at Factormeals.com slash Jokerman50 to get 50% off. Namaste to our friends at Factory Meals. Well, you're, now you're really going to have a laugh because we're moving from um, the the funeral uh, to the actual cremation of the dead body. <laughs> the song, Cremation. <laughs> Uh,
3: I know I was so sure that that would be the end of, of side of side A, and I'm like, okay, then we're going to go in this new. It's like, no, we're not there yet. Yeah. No, we're we're still yeah, we're still <laughs> yeah. trucking. Um,
2: this is another favorite on the record. I mean, from this point on, I think the record has some really strong stuff. That um, I, I mean, not that nothing before was, but uh, the song "Cremation" has this just really pitch perfect tone. For, like, what its subject matter is, it's very stately and simple and dignified. <laughs>
0: Well, the cold black sea waits for me, me, me. The cold black sea waits forever. The waves hit the shore crying more, more, more. But the cold black sea waits forever.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's this sounds the closest thing I think to me on this record as as Drella. Um, like, there's no no drums on here, right? It's really just like Lou singing the guitar, and I, I think there's a bass. That's um, uh, Rob blossom on the bass um, as well. So it's a little more you know musically uh, uh, built out than Drella, but it's it's in that palette I think, and the the dignif, dignified aspect of what they were doing there I think is carried over. Uh, very clearly to this song. The, the verses are also really beautiful, very simple, very straight, but, like, again, there's there's very, um, there's a lot, you know, packed in there. Will your ashes float like some foreign boat, or will they sink absorbed forever? Will the Atlantic coast have its final boast? Nothing else contained you ever. I love yeah. that. That's um, so uh, just, like, huge and yet very simple language at the same time.
3: Yeah. Especially with the, the last song ending tomorrow on smoke. Right. I, I think that's yeah. where it ended. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. it just kind of, it,
5: it just, I think we were a little bit left with like a really long drum beat and then yeah, this, this just flows right in. Yeah.
2: And it, it goes, well, the coal black sea waits for me, 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 the, the coal black sea waits forever. It's, it's as much about one's own death as it is about um, his friend and, uh, it's a song that really just stops you in your tracks, I think. Um, I mean, when you said this album wasn't riffable, yeah. I mean, it's... I've been thinking, I, I'm sure, as all, as you too have, about that awful thing in the news. That's oh, yeah. Out.
4: I mean, by the time this comes out, those people are going to be fucking... Well, I mean, they're already dead, but they're going to be really dead by the time this comes they're out. They're going to be
2: found. They're going to be found. It was actually... <laughs> They were, There's yeah. people potentially uh, experiencing their last moments uh, in the uh, uh, b- the bottom of the ocean right now. So,
4: listen, you know, they, they, you reap what you sow. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions, yeah, that's one. T- well, everyone's in the ocean. It's just, all of these people are in the ocean. It's just, are you in the ocean as a little bit of you know, like a, a little little black powder that's sprinkled over there, or is it just actually your body in a fucking like, yeah. coffin? Yeah. Uh, Oh, there's some rips, folks. That's a funny one. Um, A topical, 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 topical humor.
2: Lest we be too flippant here. Very beautiful song. I want to stress Um, for you: the cold black sea has no terror. Um, That's another aspect is the the bravery that he um, seems to be so impressed by through the album. Um, the way of dealing with the the uh, struggles of of disease and and um, th- this is, uh, I guess, sort of a hopeful, as hopeful as you can be, consolation toward at least you know that that struggle is over.
0: Will your ashes float like some foreign boat, or will they sink absorbed forever? Will the Atlantic coast have its final boast? Nothing else contained you ever? Now the cold black sea waits for me, me, me The cold black sea waits forever When I leave this joint at some further point The same cold black sea will it be waiting
2: that's kind of the end of the actual physical journey of of disease death and um cremation and then the next song is dreamin in parentheses escape which just takes it um it stops being something in, that's happening in the physical world and it it all exists in memory or wishful thinking
4: yeah i i, I this is the point like the the album up until this point has I mean, and it's dedicated to Doc and, and Rita, as Lou writes in the you know credits, and and even some of the lyrics you know are, are seem to be spoken by someone like him. Uh, but at this point, L- Lou Reed is coming back into focus here. Like this is a song told from Lou's perspective at this point, um, and pretty much exclusively Lou's perspective. And the rest of this album is mostly going to carry that on um, from here on out. Uh, and yeah, this is just a really beautiful, ethereal rumination, reflection on memories that he had of hanging out with, with Doc, sitting in his red chair, smoking a cigarette, uh, this picture of China hanging on the wall, right? Like, you can just you can picture that in your mind's eye. Like, of course, that's actually there. It's an unvarnished look. I don't
2: know if this one's Doc. Um, you look and say, hi, babe. You're, you're saying I missed you. I, I feel like this female friend is always the, the feeling I got.
4: Mm-hmm. maybe
5: um,
3: like off like Um, the song Open House kind of like visualizing like, your memories like in like placing all of your memories of a person in a place um, I was getting a lot of that and just like imagining this person's apartment it's like you're just like you're daydreaming you're floating um, yeah I just saw some connection
5: there and just like yeah like looking looking at someone's apartment and just just
3: trying to like place yourself back in where you were um, like where I can I can see you
0: My eyes, I see your face, and I'm not without you. If I try hard and concentrate, I can still hear you speak. I picture myself in your room by the chair, smoking a cigarette. I close my eyes, I can see your face You're saying I missed you Dreamin' I'm always
1: dreaming.
0: If I close my eyes, I can smell your perfume You look and say hi, babe Close my eyes, pictures from China still hang from the wall
2: and the, the idea of an a place being now empty um, from the corner, I watch them removing things from your apartment, uh, but I can picture your red chair and pale room inside my head. one of the more emotionally grabbing songs for me. I I find it to be pretty intense. And here's where my
3: expertise comes in. Um Ooh. I guess this is no time for long term investments now.
2: Yeah. Now that would ah. be
3: something like a, a bond which only is redeemable after ten years. Um yes, if
2: you were aware that you were going to pass away very soon, this would not be a smart uh it can, you wouldn't buy Bitcoin um perhaps
4: Now, bitcoin Bitcoin could be a, a short term investment. Oh, you can cash in right away? Yeah, you can sell that whenever. A bond takes time to mature is the thing.
2: Yes. Thank you for telling Now I know <laughs> something else. Thank you. <gasps>
4: uh, this has been uh, uh, the, the Econ Minute on Jokerman Podcast, your number one source for financial advice. <laughs> this is Planet Money from NPR.
2: I close my eyes. I can smell your perfume. You look and say, hi. This is not about Doc Pomas. What? Who's to say? Doc pomus wearing perfume. That's what? what you're saying? Who knows? You, you wear a cologne. Okay. <laughs> uh, if this is about two people, I'm going to just put all my money on it not being about Doc pomus It's about the other person. Um, next is uh, No Chance. It's a fun one. Musically, yeah.
0: (laughs) I see you in the hospital. Your humor is intact. I'm embarrassed by the strength I seem to lack. If I was in your shoes, so strange that I am not, I'd fold up in a minute and a half. I'd fold up in a minute and a half. And I didn't. Get a chance to say goodbye. No, I didn't.
4: Get a chance to say goodbye. Uh, Yeah, it's it's still not a very. uh, God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just looking up the Robert Crisco review for this record, and he didn't even write about it. He just gave it a slanty face. What? (laughs) What an asshole. No way. Are you kidding me? no he had some other choice words just yeah they're i'll find them he wrote about it a little bit like his his passion job uh uh like right up at the end of the year but the the review page itself there's reviews for every other Lou Reed record except for this one is literally just like a like a a slanty face (laughs) and no grade uh well i guess he's not a fan of cancer uh, or thinking about it at least. Yeah, you got
2: this is albums for real cancer heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> f-
4: uh yeah.
2: You gotta if you gotta be pretty into that for to enjoy the Right, yeah. Lou Reed is
4: this is a this is a pro cancer kind of uh, album from, from Lou. Reed. It's
2: called No Chance as in I had no chance to say goodbye. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Uh it must be nice to be steady, it must must be nice to be firm, it must be nice to move uh never move off the mark. It just goes into these char- characteristics he, wishes he had, and it's kind of beating up on himself for not having said say goodbye. I can't help but think this is not quite uh, about anybody in particular, but uh, also might be about Andy Warhol, perhaps. There's a, a lot of people who these songs, I think, apply to that aren't just those two.
4: Sure, yeah. I'm sure the, the the experiences with Andy are somewhere underneath the surface in his psyche, you know, writing all this shit. And that's, again, I think why all of this stuff is, like, part of the same, like, canon at this moment in time. Like, the guy's clearly just fixated on, like, the end of people's lives, uh, you know, people who are important to him. Halloween Parade on fucking New York and Dime Store Mystery, all of Drella, right, and all of this record. It's like... And he's turning 50, you know, and this is like this first wave of, you know, 60s rock stars really beginning to reckon with mortality. Bob is going to do the same thing five years from now on, um, on Time Out of Mind. Something was in the air, you know, I think at this moment. I guess that's just what happens when you hit 50. Uh, is just, uh, people start dying and you start thinking about yourself dying. Um, but uh, it, is a, it is a new, you know, kind of um, door being broken down in the quote-unquote rock you know, genre, as much as you want to call this rock music. It is rock music. Um, I mean, that's, that's the thing
2: about what is being done here too, is like, this is, uh, this is Lou Reed in the middle of his career, putting out a record. Whatever he does is now canonical as something that is rock music. Doing this is widening the, the scope of what is a rock album. Yeah. Widening the definition of his genre.
4: Really fulfilling his uh, desire, you know, from way back at the beginning with uh, Delmore to turn rock music into, you know, a a medium through which you can be literary and explore just like real, the deepest, darkest, heaviest shit. Uh, You know, this, this is a testament to the ability to do that. As conceptual as it is, it feels just like
2: it's ripped from life, like diary, like it's just not. It doesn't feel like he had to think through how to say some of this stuff. Um, it feels very immediate.
4: Yeah, it's definitely less like precious and um, you know, kind of put on um, compared to something like Drella. This
2: song in particular is maybe the best example of that. It's because again, it's kind of a up number. Like it doesn't. It's not a sad, ruminating sounding song. It's just kind of a laying bare a feeling that uh, I'm sure he just. It felt good to say.
0: No, there's no logic to this. Who's picked to stay or go? If you think too hard, it only makes you mad. But your optimism made me think you really had it beat. So I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. No, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye.
2: warrior king rock song
5: yeah
1: i wish i was the warrior king in every language that i speak
0: lord over all that i survey and all that i see i keep power omnipresent undiminished uncontrolled with a mass of violent fury
4: at the center
2: of
4: my soul Best song on the record Uh it's up there. I mean, I I'm still going to ride for the first power and glory just cuz I think there's something like I said, magic uh, uh, pardon the pun uh, about that, but uh, I mean this is this is this is a ass kicker. Um just sounds great. And the way that Lou's, like singing in in this one i think like his voice he's got like sort of that that kind of like tremor to his voice you know like and it's a little kind of wobbly um i love it he's like so invested here and the music is so like kind of effortless really kind of swinging and smooth and there's a really great guitar solo and stuff um and uh, it just it fulfills a lot of what you want out of uh out of a lou reed record what i want out of a lou reed record at least at this moment in time because that you know if if i'm gonna have a critique of this record it's it is that it's uh, as as like brilliant and like bold and strong uh, a piece as it is and and cohesive from beginning to end like as a listen as something that i just want to put on you know this this one does not, not a, pass to put it on not to a end. put
2: it on album
4: no unless you have to unless it's locked in that cd player yeah, yeah. exactly unless you can't not put it on
2: <laughs> That's that you had the best uh, probably situation possible to have this record just because this an, an album about your inability to affect what happens to you um and you're you're forced to listen to it in your car yeah, it was almost like a punishment, almost.
4: Yeah, I exactly. I cannot imagine a less appropriate Lou Reed record. Like maybe <laughs> like maybe Lulu, but like even that, uh, you know, I think there are are easier like rock rock song moments on that record than you get on here for the most well, part. Well, they
2: don't make you think as much about your own demise maybe. But uh the song Warrior King, I just I love for the way that it um it it, it reminds me of the day John Kennedy died. Um I wish I was the president of the United States. Like when he goes into this thing of, I would be good and uh, and true and fair to everyone. Um, right, there's that thing coming back in this case, a kind of magical uh, uh, motif, coloring that with. The idea of a warrior king. I, I just love that that's, like, his idea. It feels like an actual fantasy of his.
4: Absolutely. I, I mean, Lou himself, obviously, we know, is a, a, a certainly by this point in his career a very practiced and serious martial artist. So I think that, like, this is, like, straight up just, like, he wishes he could kick cancer's ass, uh, like, physically. um there's some great lines in here, too. Wouldn't, it wouldn't cross my mind to break your neck or rip out your vicious tongue. It wouldn't cross my mind to snap your leg like a twig or squash you like some slug. Uh, I, <laughs> I love where he goes by the end of this song.
2: Yeah. You are a violent messenger, and I'm not above your taunts. And if you hit me, you know I'll kill you because I'm the warrior king. It's I'm the because warrior the... king. Okay, <laughs> doesn't even bother rhyming. No, it's so it's, great. It's, it rocks. Yeah. Inscrutable, benign. Band sounds great. Yeah, I fucking. so good. <laughs>
4: It's good music. <laughs> uh if they made the whole record out of Warrior King, uh it uh would have been a little easier sell for people. Uh but instead we've got um boy, fucking <laughs> I I think probably the hardest song on the record to listen to. Oh. <laughs> were you just sitting you were sitting in your car listening to Harry's circumcision? Yeah, I, I had to.
3: I have a, I have a very strong like completionist kind of mindset too, which you know oh
4: Jesus i mean That'd i honest, i right. think it's
2: a it's a uh it's not necessarily a an unhappy song in a, in a way uh-huh <laughs> right
3: <laughs> you, you know I feel like yeah flippant the idea of yeah, there's like a lot of like levity. You know, in these like very dark times, Um, like the earlier, like it was mentioned. Yeah. Like tomorrow I'll be smoke or like, you know, you always have like something funny to say. Um, I think like, yeah, I think this like this whole like Warhol crew, there's like a lot of like very like, I mean, Candy Darling's last words. um, It was like, I was so bored by everything you could say bored to death, which is just like, oh my gosh. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, like there's, it's not, you know, it's not an unfunny. It, like their their comedy beats, it's it's riffable, I think at the end of the day. Just, just <laughs> very through 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 head through it. Yeah. It's it's uh,
2: you gotta cut you cut through
4: it.
2: Cut through it. Yeah. Uh this mm-hmm. is uh, uh just
4: like your just like your chin.
2: Harry's Circumcision is the most um Delmore Schwartz indebted song um on this album. Uh I think it's it has a quality of that sort of magical realism um, and really kind of dark personal uh, self-hatred of involving your parents <laughs> that uh, appears in the work of Delmore Shorts. Um, and it kind of feels like a little bit like The Gift, uh, you know, just like a grotesque short story
4: um this is harder this is a hard i i i agree with you absolutely this is a way harder listen than the gift like the gift is like kind of like a black comedy type thing it's like funny when waldo jeffers gets the fucking scissors through his heads at the end of that this is just like it like it gives me the willies when i listen to it even now listening to it like at low volume in the background it's ugh. musically it's beautiful Sure, and that, and I think that even has part part of it to do with like the the fact that it it is this beautiful kind of shimmering, um, uh, uh, like yearning kind of sound, very emotional soundscape, and it's just this fucking guy like looking in the mirror, like wanting to end his life and just fucking whack off his nose. it's, ugh, goddamn.
2: What do you think about this song, Jack? It's it's intense. So nice.
3: I feel like I was taken. I was. I was. I was led astray by Warrior King. I was like, okay, I feel like I, know, I feel like I know where we're headed. And no, it's just like, there are so many left turns. There's so many left turns, and this is like probably the biggest.
0: Harry looked in the mirror thinking of Vincent van Gogh, and with a quick swipe, lopped off his nose. And happy with that, he made a slice where his chin was. He'd always wanted a dimple, the end of all illusion. Then peering down straight between his legs, Harry thought of the range of possibilities a new face, a new life, no memories of the past, and slid his throat from ear to ear.
3: Um, yeah. Just not expecting. Not expecting, you know. It's about,
4: yeah, self-mutilation and then attempted suicide, failed, failed suicide. But uh, despite all of that and the fact that, you know, it has these other themes. Oh, I, I can't wait to see where this despite goes. Well,
2: it has all these other <laughs> themes, too. Of, you know, I was he was, he was turning into his uh, his parents, looking in the mirror. Harry didn't like what he saw, the cheeks of his mother, the eyes of his father as each day crashed around him the future stood revealed. He was turning into his parents, the final disappointment. I mean, I, I just want to point out that this is a theme that I think comes up in the final song of Lou Reed's discography. Um, you know, we talked earlier about the lyric in, um, uh, I believe magician that is in the Ravens um, vanishing act. Harry's circumcision has a lot in common in my view to, um, uh, junior, Dad, the final song on Lulu. Um, this idea of of turning into your parents and finding yourself, looking at yourself, and realizing you you've changed into just a a sort of version of of them. Um, in that other line, a child raised by an, by an idiot, and an idiot, and that idiot becomes you. That's from. A, set the twilight reeling. Uh, um at the end he's woken up uh in the hospital. Um the doctor smiled at him from across the room. Son, we saved your life, but you'll never look the same. And when he heard that, Harry had to laugh. The final disappointment. Um I I guess I just feel like it's a song of acceptance in a way. <laughs> um more than it is a song of despair um that's certainly what where it comes from first but it it feels like it's a having survived this thing he he then has this perspective son
0: we saved your life but you'll never look the same
1: Heard
0: that, Harry had a laugh. Although I heard Harry had a laugh. The final
4: disappointment. Tough hang. Harry's circumcision. <laughs> it's on a record full of tough hangs, maybe the toughest. I've been trying to
3: like work this into, I guess like maybe not like the narrative. I mean like it's certainly like, you know, it's a, it's about like mortality, it's about like you know, death. um
5: just like the overall like I guess, like the story of like what with with Rita and doc. um like, I mean, just like yeah, I, I think, I don't know i it it feels it feels unlike the others yeah, it, yeah, it just it, it 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 yeah, it kind of sticks out
2: to me I do think that it it seems to be more of a metaphor relating to ideas in the album, rather than any sort of continuation of a narrative, Um, like sort of a meta commentary or dream sequence.
4: Yeah. I I think it, uh, I think it is kind of like this idea of like trying to kill yourself here. Right. Uh, in, In this song is sort of in relief to, to cancer. Right. And like, I think Devin, you mentioned like things being out of <clears throat> out of your control earlier uh, in this episode, and this is something that is in his control, right? Um, or in Harry's control here, um, uh, like he can, he has agency over his own uh, death here, the way that someone like Doc Palmas does not, and the you know kind of the irony of. Someone who, whose experiences and personality informed a lot of what Lou's talking about on this record and, you know, so, you know, brilliant and warm and, you know, kind of uh, uh, vivid. His life ending and then, like, this being kind of the alternative, right? Like, like um, it, it, you could be this guy who just wakes up one day and realizes, like, oh, I'm turning into someone I hate and uh, I, I, I might as well not even be alive anymore. Uh, and, you know, kind of the irony of that everyone moving towards this same destination, regardless of whether you want to like, you know, Harry in this case, you know, that last line, the final disappointment, right? He's disappointed in himself because he couldn't even like, he's such a fuck up. He couldn't even kill himself uh, correctly. Um, uh, uh, You know, that's, that's why he's laughing. Um, Or, you know, someone who so desperately wants to, you know, continue living as, uh, as the first half of this record narrates.
2: The last lines in junior dad, are the greatest disappointment, the greatest disappointment, age withered and changed him into junior dad. I think that there's something here for sure, like uh, about this thing of disappointment being a kind of double-sided thing of, you know, he's disappointed that he looks like his parents. He kills himself and he wakes up It's all constant disappointment, um, kind of like a way of viewing life uh, and the situation of life. And in this case, I I do think it has something to do with being free from being affected by it in a way. You know, it it says the final disappointment at the beginning of the song and at the end of the song. And so you kind of don't have any reason to believe by the end that like... You're not going to get another final disappointment. Things you can turn around in your head for a long time. Peering down between his legs, he thought of the range of possibilities. A new face, a new life, no memories of the
4: past. And slit his throat from ear to ear. Don't forget and that And slit one. his
2: throat from ear to ear. Um, and yet, <laughs> you know, like, that's not the end of it. Um, it's, it's as bleak as you want it to be, or I think there's a way to view this song as something that, kind of transcends despair and even pain um, in a very kind of mysterious way.
0: The greatest disappointment The
4: greatest disappointment Age with it and they changed it What we got next? Gaston Stoked. <laughs> stoked appearing uh, uh, in this title is very funny to me. Um, loss, uh, is the subtitle. Um, this album—it—it's it, 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 a weird album. I, like, I, there's no two ways around it. I—I I, and by by this point, I think it's like it's getting very weird. Uh, mm-hmm. like this song appearing where it does, and even the the revisit, you know, the return to power and glory, which is going to come after this. Like, it's just, I—I—I I, I don't know. I—I—it. I, I think this is a really impressive record and like something that is obviously a major achievement in a career full of major achievements. But um, it, by, by this point, I, I think it's starting to lose me a little bit um, because it's, there's, I think you said, Jack, like there's, you know, so many left turns on this record, right? And Harry's Circumcision is maybe the biggest left turn. and But like coming out of that, like this is another left turn. Like we're back to just kind of like a, like a chugging kind of rocker. Um, and, uh, and it's not, not going to be the last chugging rocker here towards the end of this record, uh, which is a long album. It's like 14 songs, like an hour long. Um, I don't know. It, uh, I, I can't help but wonder, you know, when I sit down and like really knuckle down on this record, like would, would some more kind of, uh, um, precise editing, I think with some of the sequencing and, and song selection have... Uh helped make this an an easier listen, yeah, I think if this weren't
3: like you know forty five minutes after Dorita, which I think mm-hmm. is like a like that that you know that'll set you up for this. I feel like that just like just musically i mean right, um yeah, yeah, but it it does it does happen late i think like the same the same like I said earlier with like you know I thought like you know I thought that was the end of side a um but yeah, yeah
5: curious, curious.
2: Well, I think yes. that this song is, uh, it's the most Lou Reed sounding song. It sounds, like mistri- uh, it sounds like Mistrial or something like, or, or like uh, New Sensations, like uh, like lyrics like, this is no longer a working number, baby. Like that's just kind of like yeah. classic 80s Lou trope kind of thing. And I, th- my only interpretation of the song, I guess, is that it's, after all of this stuff, and after this kind of um dream sequence finale with harry's circumcision i it it's like this is back to day to day life um and it's it's Lou living as he normally does, and he's talking about accidentally calling um and and just being given this like kind of un uh unromantic very just uh cold fact of you this person no longer has a phone like this person does not live in this apartment um i think it brings it down to earth again um the and the fact that he's like saying baby it just kind of like that's lou back in new york
0: Well, you covered your tracks and now I can't see you You had your ashes scattered at sea There's no grave to visit No tombstone to look at You're in the New York Times obituary There's no ragging, no tape No book, no movie Some photographs and memories uh, Sometimes I dial your phone number by mistake And this is what I hear This is no longer a working number, baby Please redial your call. This is no longer a working number.
4: Your party doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, this feel it feels like uh it feels like a like a track three or a track four, not not a track twelve on this on this album to me. Um, because it is you're right, it is like kind of just we're back to reality, back to Lou Reed in New York, you know, on the telephone sort of thing, and, and some of his his vocal uh, intonations are. Uh, callbacks to, yeah, I think even like, you know, kind of street hassle, it kind of sounds. Um, But, uh, you know, after such a dramatic, like, way out there song, like, Carrie's Circumcision, and immediately preceding, um, or not immediately, but, you know, uh, almost immediately preceding the closer on this album, which again, really is is a perfect way to end it, it's like, uh, like, it almost feels like we're just, he's kind of like, he had this one, he just needed to wedge it in somewhere, you know? Yeah. Uh
2: it it's worth noting that gassed and stoked here refers to the way that the that his departed friend or friends used to be that he was he's thinking about how like, they were always um energetic. Um gas stoked and ready to yeah, go. Gas stoked and ready to go. And um so it's uh I guess something of living one's life uh with some of that uh, trying to live up to someone's example, who is no longer around. Uh, uh, I may not remember everything you said, but I remember all the things you've done and not a day goes by, not an hour when I don't try to be like you.
3: I think also maybe, you know, some word play, you know, you stoke a fire, you, you gas, a gas fire talking about cremation earlier.
5: Oh Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 They're like, if he's, if they're stoked, if they're now smoke, and he's thinking about how they inform his decisions, it's kind of like calling their phone to kind of get like a sense of um, the energy that you know they they now just exist as like smoke or or vapor energy in the atmosphere, and he's kind of just trying to use that to fuel himself and keep keep going. And I think I think maybe like
3: the the, the line that sticks with me the most maybe on this album is like my friends are blending in my head. Um, which really feels like, you know, it's like this kind of like, I guess like with with Drella and with this album. Um, it's just such a,
5: like the feeling it's just like, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say.
2: There's a song on, on the Raven called a thousand departed friends. It's an instrumental, it has an introduction, but it's a, it's a also a Poe, um, uh, excerpt about these voices all sounding like some kind of spirit that he's encountering, like a ghost, and it's a thousand the voices of a thousand departed friends.
4: And then did we start shuddering, starting from our seats, trembling for the tones and the voice of the shadow, were not the tones of any one man, but of a multitude of beings and varying in their cadences from syllable to syllable fell duskily upon our ears in the well-remembered and familiar accents of a thousand departed friends.
2: Which reminds me of the thing you just pointed out, of my friends are blending together into this, like, spirit that I refer back to for guidance.
5: Yeah, I think just like the experience, I feel
3: like just happening again and again. Um, it's almost like, I mean, because it does just happen. Like you're, when you hit a certain point in your life, it's like, you know, these things start just like happening over and over. Um, and I think like, you know,
5: it's, it's, it's,
2: you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know.
5: <laughs> I'm still chewing
2: on that one. Yeah. Um, well, the next one is, is the power and the
4: glory part two. I don't really know why this is here, to be honest. Like I, it, it sounds good, you know, and, and it, it's fun to get some more kind of rock song energy on a record that, you know, is relatively lacking in that sound. But I don't like, I don't, I don't know that I'm getting more from this like reprise of it here towards the end, um, that I didn't already get from the, the original version or the first, the first cut.
2: Gaston Stoked was uh, Loss, was the uh, subtitle, by the way. And this one, yeah, it's Magic Transformation. I I kind of am with you on this.
4: It's a consciously kind of artistic, you know, move to do the same song in two different versions on a record, right? That is, you know, sort of just doing that alone, I think, uh, indicates like, oh, there's something going on here, right? Um, But yeah, this again, I think is... Uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick a bone on this one, where he he had the opportunity to just
2: make a little, little edit, uh, yeah, maybe they just needed another up number on on there. This could, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of
4: pressure. on On that note, I mean, this is like we're moving into prime like CD era at this point, right? So this is when records can be way longer, you know. For the 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 ten song forty minute you know LP is is dying at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, early, mid nineties, that's every record is these like hour long 15 song track lists that are just endless and, you know, kind of a slog to get through. Um, so I think this is, this is Lou just kind of on that, in that wave at this moment in time, um, is is probably the ultimate kind of answer to any of those questions that I've been asking.
2: Oh, well, we know very well, Jack, that this is a, the CD era, um, of music.
3: (laughs) The CD sounds great too. I'll speak to it. I'm sure it does. The little, the, I also, I look, you know, I just like look through the little, the little pack, the little packet, the little, little book that came with the city booklet, you know, light reading. Um, and I, I, I do remember when this, when this song would come on, I wasn't sure if I had like somehow like dazed through and like restarted all the way to the beginning again. I'm like, is this, I'm
2: like, no, this
4: is, this is the faster one. You know, it's like kind of just uh, atmosphere, like uh, it surrounds you and kind of, you get dazed and lost within it.
2: The final. And uh, then closes song.
4: on uh, title track. Yeah. Magic and Magic Loss. Magic and Loss on Magic and Loss. Uh, the Summation, uh, as, he, uh, as he subtitles it here. Beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, fantastic closer. Uh, one of the strongest songs on the record, I think. And uh, I think the summation is a really accurate uh, subtitle here. You know, those um, lines that he comes back to, you know, at the end there's a bit of magic and everything and some loss to even things out. That's just such a, like I said about some of the earlier songs on here, like evident and obvious, like of course it is, right? But it, it, it really takes a writer and a poet to be able to put that across as cleanly and clearly as Lou himself does here.
2: I, I think it's nothing less than an attempt at, Explaining and describing as best he can how a person can survive death with their soul intact.
0: When you pass through the fire, you pass through humble, you pass through a maze of self doubt. When you pass through The lights can blind you Some people never figure that out You pass through arrogance You pass through hurt You pass through an ever-present past And it's best not to wait For luck to save you You pass through the fire to the light Pass through the fire to the light Pass through the fire to the light It's best not to wait Luck to save you. Pass through
4: the fire to the light. Some more of that uh, fire imagery uh, as well that you're mentioning uh, uh, a moment ago, Jack, as you pass through fire, Try to remember its name. When you pass through fire, looking at your lips, you cannot remain the same. And if the building's burning, move towards that door. Don't put the flames out. There's a bit of magic and everything and some loss to even things out.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, talk about poetry, um, but you can't be Shakespeare and you can't be Joyce. So what is left instead
4: yeah, I think those lines clearly, to me, seem to be Lou, like, speaking to himself there. They say no one person can do it all, but you want to in your head, but you can't be Shakespeare and you can't be Joyce, so what is left instead? You're stuck with yourself in a rage that can hurt you. You have to start at the beginning again, and just this moment, this wonderful fire started up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think this, uh, especially as someone who, as we've covered, you know, ad nauseum on the show at this point, you know, like had this sort of inferiority complex uh, about him uh, at the beginning and like always felt, you know, like he had the soul of a writer of a Shakespeare or a Joyce, but, you know, was stuck, um, you know, operating in this medium that just didn't allow that, at least at the beginning. And then through his own actions, you know, he, he himself changed that um, over over the course of years. Um, that that really feels like a very personal uh, interrogation right there.
2: When When I listen to this song and you read lyrics like that, And you just think about who who the image of Lou Reed is to most people, or like what you thought he was when you just knew the Velvet Underground stuff. And you think about this like completely cold, uh, uh, opaque, black sunglasses, like guy. This who who is the opposite of vulnerable. Um, This is just it's so crazy just to see how much he's grown. And like the the territory that is his now to explore and be comfortable with. Of course, it ends with those those lines. Um, there's a, a bit of magic and everything, and then some loss to even things out. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um.
4: <laughs> Two stars. For Magic and Loss by the way. For me. Yeah, two out of three.
2: Um two out of three. Pretty good. Pretty good. What what do you give it, Jack? Out of three. Out of three?
3: Yeah. I think I have to give it three stars. It's just gonna be locked in my brain forever. Um That's you know. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's locked in your fucking car forever. <laughs> no, it, it it will be. That car will get demolished at the, the, the impound lot. Um with that C D in there. Um yeah, I mean it it. it it's, it's like, I think you said, like, it's, there's no, like, there's no, there's no ounce of black sunglasses on this, 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 this record. Except
2: for the front cover. Yeah, no,
3: yeah, except for, <laughs> except for the front cover. um And it's, it's just like, this is really, this is the most vulnerable. I, I mean, cause I had come, I had come to this. I didn't go through the full, like, chronological progression. It's like, this is like, this is an entirely different person. It's like, this is like, this is, there's no... There's no ounce of like this, like velvet underground. Um, this isn't like cool. This isn't like this is like fully just bearing out your soul. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just
5: I, you know, I have to give it. I have to give it a three.
2: I just love to hear from people, uh, of course, and you you included Jack just of the of realizing that about Lou Reed because there's so many people who like they'll become full on adults and they they don't recognize that this man as an artist, like made stuff that is far more adult than the stuff that people think is like the, Oh, that's the cool stuff. Like the cool thing is to be somebody who is willing to go there, the places he goes. Um, And it's like, you you get the feeling when you finish something like this, that like the, the sunglasses were probably always there in case he cried. (laughs)
4: Thank you so much for joining us, Jack. Uh, uh, I think uh, the folks out there are well aware of you online already, but uh, if they're not, in case they're not, where can, uh, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at, at planet money on TikTok, um or just
3: uh, my name misspelled on Twitter. I thought <laughs> that would be funny. It's just more complicated. Uh, um, yeah. Jack Corbett.
2: Well, thanks so much. And I'm, this is maybe not the um, ideal episode just to have a, a hangover, but. Um, Glad it was yeah, you. You had it stuck in your car for all that time. Like, who else <laughs> has that?
3: It feels as if I've, like, I've gone to church. This feels like this, this hasn't. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is a, this is a church. It's. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me.
2: Love well, the
3: podcast.
2: Thank Keep you. Keep doing it. Pleasure's all ours. Until next time.
0: The flames out joke there's a bit of magic in everything and then some loss to even things out some loss to even things out some loss to even things out there's a bit of magic in everything and then some loss to even things out